This will be a good, uh, I would say, a good solid introduction to the anointing, and uh, we'll talk about it and discuss it. But the first thing that we really have to look at is what is the anointing? And you're going to see this broken down in Scripture, but I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to give it to you like this. The anointing is, in simplicity, the manifested blessing of God or the manifested goodness of God. The anointing is the manifested blessing of God. Uh, It's the supernatural, right? It's, It's the... Uh, Brother Copeland described it like this, God flowing on and through flesh doing the things that flesh cannot do. Yeah. Okay, Flowing on and through, I added, I, he didn't have this, but I added this because there's a reason, and through flesh. So the anointing, you don't get a, and we'll talk about this some, you don't get a partial anointing. You get the anointing. It's not many anointings. There's one anointing, and that anointing is Christ. Um, You see that there's one anointing, and you don't get like half of it. However, you can have more or less flow through you, right? And that is what we control. So it's kind of like we have the gas pedal, and when we are walking uh, in godliness, right, we have the pedal to the floor, or we are starting to press it to the floor. Um, a lot, I will tell you this, most of the anointing that I have found in experience that people have received has been, in my opinion, is my opinion only, uh, a small flow of the anointing. We have not seen the fullness of what we should. And many people are so impressed by the small anointing, they think they've arrived. Yeah. And that's a mistake because there's so much more to God and when you see him actually release the anointing, generally, you know, everybody falls out. Like, you, our bodies can't take it. You know, on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration, they all fall out. You know, when he just says the words, you know, who are you looking for? I'm looking for Jesus. He says, I am. Yeah. You know, when he says that, all this whole, uh, all these soldiers fall out. People come up from the graves. You know, they come out of the graves at that statement. Um, when you see him show up in the temple, the priests are even laid out so much so that they couldn't, they couldn't do it. People are healed. People are delivered. Yeah. People are set free because of the anointing. And um, the anointing is very precious. And I do like this. And, and I, want, I want people to hear this because we had, we definitely, we had a teaching in our leadership that it's our job to protect the anointing. Brother Tracy came along after that. I love what he said. He said, we don't protect the anointing. The anointing protects us, Yeah. right? But what we do is we protect the flow of the anointing, right? So we want to keep the flow of the anointing open, right? And we want to make sure. So amen. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's awesome, Kevin. He said, Pastor Brian, you definitely had the valve wide open yesterday. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I could sense the anointing, uh, you know, uh, just strong. And it was, it was a great day yesterday we had. We want to stay in that place. And it's not just for pastors. The anointing yeah. literally is on everybody. Um, when you say, uh, you know, when you say that you're a Christian, what you're actually saying is that I am of Christ and in Christ, 
Um, Brother Copeland also said this. I was just looking at some notes that they had online, and it says the Christians are can be termed, and literally this is what you're saying, these are the anointed. Yeah. These are the people that are anointed. Yeah. In other words, they're carrying a supernatural manifested power of God on them. That is our design, and that is what we're supposed to walk into. The anointing is that manifested power. It's not just stored up. The anointing is not meant to be stored up. Yeah. It's meant to be released. Amen. And it, that's what it is. The anointing breaks the yoke when it's released, yeah. right? And we'll look at some different things. But, of course, the first verse that I'd like for us to look at is Isaiah 10, 27. And if you would, actually just read it from your paper uh, because it's in the King James. I want to read it that way first. And understand here that Isaiah is prophesying about the coming Messiah. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. Isaiah 10, 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing, yeah. the fatness. So he says the burdens will be when the Messiah comes, he's going to release something. And what's going to be released is the anointing. Now, the Messiah was literally termed the anointed one. Yeah. He was the one, and this is the identifier. He is the one that carries the anointing. Yeah. You, you see that. The Messiah was identified as the one that carries the anointing, that carries the supernatural blessing of God that manifest. Yeah. So you remember when they said, are you the Christ, right? Are you the one? Are you the Messiah? And he said, you go tell them what you've seen. The blind see, the deaf hear. Why? Because he was identified with the anointing, yeah. right? Now, uh, there will be, when we get into the, the um, oh gracious, when we get into the last days and you see the Antichrist arise, they're going to have a false anointing. It's not going to be the real anointing, but it's going to look like it. It's going to be a power released and given a power, but it's not from God. It's yeah. going to be twisted. It's going to be perverse. It's going to be perverted. So that's why he says you don't follow signs and wonders, but he never says that signs and wonders don't follow us, yeah. right? And that we should not expect signs and wonders. But this was a part of the identity. That's why the Antichrist does that. That's why the Antichrist wants to show the world signs and wonders, because it'll make him like Christ, and some people will receive him in that way. But the anointing, the manifested blessing of God without any perversion on it, without any, um, um, what do you call it when you, you know, have an effect the next day, any side, any side effect, any negative side effects of it, uh, no hangovers, no nothing like this. You know, you can get uh, the anointing can touch you, and you can be like drunk, like drunk. And uh, like what they said in Acts, these are not drunk as you suppose, but it was similar to it. And you don't wake up the next morning with all the symptoms of having been physically drunk, yeah. right? You don't have the hangover. You don't have the dry mouth. The anointing of God is pure in his love, right? Everything in the anointing is love. Yeah. Everything. Why? Because it's of him and from him. 
And I want you to see that this power and blessing made manifest was an identifier of the Messiah, of the anointed one. That's why he's called the anointed one. And so when you see the anointing in action, it shows that he's present. Yeah. This is why, and we may come back to this, but this is why he says in the last days people will have a form of godliness but deny its power. In other words, they're walking and they kind of look like Christ, but if they're not carrying power, they're not connected properly. And the anointing is that connector. The anointing is that thing that identifies a true man of God. So you, if you see somebody who's, quote-unquote, a preacher, but they're not carrying the anointing, yeah. then they're not operating like they should. And the Bible very clearly says that's not somebody you should follow. It's not somebody you should follow. So because you don't want to have a form of godliness but deny its power. And I've been saying it over and over again. I want to get this through is that denying its power is not just saying, I don't want that power, I don't believe in that power. Denying its power can say, can say, I believe in that's power, but I don't actually have a manifestation of yeah. it. Can you imagine Jesus coming to the earth and saying, yeah, I believe God will heal you, but never healed anybody? Right. Would he be the Messiah? No, because he's marked and identified by the anointing. So his ministers should also be marked yeah. by an anointing, right? And that anointing is not our own. It is Christ anointing. Mm-hmm. It, there is one anointing, and it is Christ anointing, yeah. right? And his anointing is what he gives to us and shares with us. So you see this in that day when the Messiah comes, when the anointed one comes, the burden shall be taken off, uh, taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. In other words, the burden will be taken off of your neck. Now, here's what I want you to see. We should be in expectation of these things happening all the time. If we are in the anointed one and of the anointed one and carrying his anointing, this should be normal. Yeah. This should be normal. There should not be lingering yokes and ling- lingering weights, right? That burden shouldn't be there. That yoke shouldn't be there. And he says that anointing, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the fatness or because of the anointing. The the, uh, new translations translate that word properly. It means fatness, right? And what what that means is I walk, and this is where you see the manifested part, really. I become, think about this, if I had a yoke that was custom made for me, if I was an animal pulling a cart, it would be custom made for me. But if all of a sudden I walked in, let's just say a physical anointing, I got blessed physically, I got more food than I used to get, then my neck would grow, right? And that yoke would not work anymore for me. It will not fit me any longer. I no longer fit in that yoke. I no longer fit in that bondage. And write this in the comments right right now. In Christ, I no longer fit in the bondages of my past. Amen. In Christ, I no longer fit in the bondages of my past. So see, when people go back to their old bondages like a dog to its vomit, right? What they're doing is they're denying the anointing has done a work. Yep. 
right? And so when the devil, when the devil tricks people into going back to their old ways, they're denying that the anointing has made them a different person yeah. or they have a right and they're actually blessed. What they're doing is they're looking with fleshly eyes instead of spiritual faith and they're not seeing what God has done. So they go back to those things. And what they're saying is, no, nah, he didn't do anything for me. That's not true. It's spiritual. You might not see the full manifestation of it. But if you're born again and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it's with you. And it will change and break that yoke. And it's manifesting now. Yeah. But you can see that the yoke will destroy that. It's that fatness, that anointing becomes so fat. It also talks about an oil being like smeared into you. So uh, so dripping and covered with his anointing and so covered with his blessing yeah. that it's dripping off of you. It's become a part of you. It's smeared into me. It's a smearing. When someone by gets anointing, it speaks of a smearing of that. In other words, it's not just in one spot. It's smeared and becomes a part of that person, yeah. okay? And so there, these are words that surround the definitions of the anointing. It gets in you, right? It's hard to, it's hard to get a person that has been anointed to go backwards. Yeah. It's difficult. You can do it. I've seen people do it. Uh, this is actually, this is a dangerous area because people can have the anointing. And if they step away from the anointing, this is actually leading to that place of denying Christ. This is a marker of it. But you'll notice that once people taste the anointing, it's difficult for them to go back. Yeah. Uh, it's difficult for them to go to a church that's carrying no anointing. Um, they can do it. But it there it's hard to do that because you've tasted of something. You you've tasted yeah. of something that is supernatural that you were designed for and your spirit longs for that. You yeah. have to really put down your spirit man and say no to the spirit and yes to the flesh to go back to that once you've tasted of it. It opens your eyes. Mm -hmm. Um you you kind of uh, get a taste for more heavenly things yeah. after that. And so what I want you to see here is the yoke is that word destroyed means spoiled, ruined. And one of the words in uh, ruined, hey, Ashley, good to see you. Uh, one of the words in that destroyed means that it is bound so tight it won't move anymore. Yeah. Right? Kind of think of an engine that's locked up because it got so overheated it locked up completely. That's similar to the way that it is. Uh the anointing so binds the devil that he can't even move. Yeah. He can't even move in our lives. That's what we want the anointing to do. Yeah. So it either means that or it means to complete. Think about this. If I got so fat under the anointing, mm -hmm. it would shatter that yoke so you couldn't clasp it around anybody anymore, right? Mm -hmm. uh, similar, that anointing was released in the Philippian jail. They start praising God and worshiping God. The anointing is released in that Philippian jail, and it, it was so powerful that it knocked the chains off of everybody. Yeah. Right? It wasn't just Paul and Silas. It knocked the it knocked the handcuffs, knocked the chains off of everybody. Yeah. Or the anointing when David would play the instrument. Yes. Right? Like there yeah. was a bondage that was on uh, King Saul, and when he would play, that anointing would relieve him yes. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But what it reminds me of is, 
years ago when we started doing prayer here at the church a couple times a day, I had heard you talk about the anointing a lot. I had experienced it like an effect, a byproduct of being in it, but I was not carrying it. I wouldn't say, not really, not all the time. And I started praying and getting in the presence of God. And all of a sudden, I started partaking of the anointing differently and flowing in the anointing differently. And I remember talking to you about it a few months in, and it had started to change how I viewed life because I didn't want to do anything that would cause it to stop. Yeah. Like I didn't want, like literally my spiritual taste buds began to change because I recognized I have not been walking in this before because of how I had, you know, maybe hadn't put the flesh down in different ways, but becoming a partaker and tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. It truly started to make me crave the holiness of God because the holiness helps to sustain its presence in my life. And so it's not just a theory that it changed. Like it literally changed how I viewed and what I did life. Yeah, yeah, it it does. It it changes how we see things and how we view things. And we should get to the place where we recognize, and now think about this, if you don't have your own anointing in terms of, you have your anointing, you have your anointing, but you have Christ anointing. Yeah. You have Christ anointing. You have Christ anointing. Yeah. I have Christ anointing. You have Christ anointing. If you're in him, if you know him, you're born again, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you have Christ anointing flowing and overflowing you. What can Christ anointing do? Like if it's just your anointing, if it's Barrett's anointing, that's one thing. Okay, that might can be limited but not Christ anointing, right? So the only limitation is what we know of it and and how to partake of it. Do we know that it's there and ours to apply in these areas? So this this breaks open a whole big can of worms on the devil's plan Mm -hmm. because, I mean, it's a mess for his plan because you get believers actually knowing what they have And it goes so far in uh, Ephesians chapter 1 where it says every believer has this inheritance on this level, right? And he says the same level, basically, I'm I'm putting it, I'm paraphrasing, I'm putting it in context, the same level of the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's in every believer. Yeah. Yeah. Every believer has yeah. that inheritance, yeah. which is the anointing, and the, which is the power of God made manifest. Yeah. Right? This is that anointing. So you see, and, and one of the things, I want everybody to put this in the comments right now, that uh, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Is not Jesus' last name. If you didn't know, surprise, yes. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> we call him Jesus Christ, but it would it would be good, you know, he would be Jesus of Nazareth would be referring to the natural man, right? That would be a natural man calling for him. But Jesus the Christ would be referring to the supernatural son yeah. of God, the Messiah. Christ was not his last name like, you know, Joseph and Mary's last name was not Christ. You know, no, he was the Christ. There was only one, and he, he made us a part of him. Yeah. And but Christ literally means 
the anointed one and his Messiah. The anoint, this is a huge thing because when, when you get this, you're going to look at things totally different. You know, Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't yeah. just, think about this. If he doesn't have manifested blessing and power on him, he's not the Christ. Yeah. If he doesn't have that, he's not the Messiah. When, when it's defined as Christ, it specifically lines out that this is the anointed one, mm-hmm. and, he, and he's carrying that anointing. That's seen yeah. in Luke chapter 4 and uh, verse 17 uh, through 21. Will you read those? Uh, you can go ahead and read those, fine. Luke 4, 17 through 21. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blinds, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And this next verse is... Supremely important. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Verse 21. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled. Glory in your to hearing. God. So today that scripture was fulfilled when yeah. he said that. What that means is there was an anointing that they knew and was prophesied by Isaiah mm-hmm. to break the yoke. This was a prophecy uh, that we can see in Isaiah 61. And in Isaiah 10, he prophesies about the anointing breaking mm-hmm. the yoke. In Isaiah 61, it more clearly defines Jesus, and it says this is what will happen. He's reading that. But he's saying that this is no longer just a prophecy. Today, this prophecy is fulfilled, basically, and you are seeing. He didn't just say say the Spirit of the Lord will be upon him. It's upon him. He said the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the good news. The gospel means the good news, the good news to the poor. In other words, if you're poor, you don't have to be poor anymore, right? You don't have to be poor anymore. You can come out of that poverty. In other words, that's not just talking about money. It is talking about money, but it's not just talking about money. Any lack in any area whatsoever, you can have lack come off of your life because of the anointed. He has anointed me. Now think about this and what happens when somebody preaches. He preaches, faith is released, faith is released, and then that anointing is grabbed by faith by the people, and the anointing now is transferred into the lives of people, and it breaks the yoke of poverty. And that's how that works. All right? He says, he sent me. So now we're seeing this is not just like, ooh, I, I felt this Holy Spirit goosebumps, right? This isn't just a feeling. This is a manifestation of these things. To proclaim release to the captives. If you've been held by something, it's going to break that yoke. Recovery of sight to the blind. So one of the things that you see is the anointing heals. The anointing breaks bondages. The anointing gets people out of poverty. To set free those who are oppressed. The anointing sets people free. There's a freedom to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. In other words, this is a good year to accept him. This is a good year to accept him in that way. 
And, and then he says, this is fulfilled. And then, of course, we have the verse that I talked about earlier. Are you the Messiah or is there another one to come? And, he's, and he said, go tell them what you see. What are you seeing? You're seeing the anointing come to pass. You're yeah. seeing the anointing, anointing manifest yeah. in people's bodies, and it's coming through me, his anointed one, the Messiah. So he's saying, here's your proof right here, and here's the yokes that are being destroyed. Here's the blind that are seeing. Here's the people coming out of poverty. You know, mm-hmm. what happened to Peter that day when he threw his nets on the other side? He came out of lack, yeah. right? And he came out of lack. So this is... This is that anointing yeah. being made manifest, and you can see it's not just a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. It it that's the root of it, and yeah. that's the power of it. But it the anointing manifest in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah, it, no, go. yeah I was going to say it just gives a whole new meaning for I can do all things through Christ. You know, I get we are more than conquerors. That's a scripture we're going to later yeah, on. Yeah. yeah, it just gives a whole new meaning for all. Well, of those. I can do all things through yeah. the anointed one yeah. and yeah. his anointing. Yeah. Who who his anointing who which strengtheneth me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, notice there in that if you'll look at it, we can go ahead and go there. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, I, it's I fine. Look, I can do all things through Christ. It doesn't say who strengthens me. Mm. Yeah. It says, which strengthens yeah. me. Yeah. I can do all things through his mm. anointing. In this yeah. context, he's saying the man Christ, the Messiah, brought the anointing, but his anointing is specifically pointing to the anointing part of Christ, not just the man. Yeah. He's saying the man brought it and carried it and made it available to me, but now the anointing that the Messiah carried, yeah. Yeah. I, that's which strengthens yeah. me. Yeah. You see, yeah. not who strengthened me, but which strengthened me. Yeah. So you can see. Now think about that. We we quote that verse, but what's going to strengthen us? The anointing. Right. Yeah. The anointing will yeah. strengthen us. What had come up to me as we were reading in Luke 4, and I've, whenever I've read scripture, I have in the past been very black and white with it, which is good. Like take it as yeah. a child. But as you were just reading, you know, Jesus is saying, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight the blind to set free those who are oppressed what the i believe the holy spirit just brought up to me is it's not just physical seeing you know it's spiritual seeing the anointing allows you to see spiritually so when we've been praying for family members who need Mm -hmm. salvation they don't need to be preached to like for 18 hours and logically convinced they need the anointing manifested in their life for people who have fallen away they don't need to be told that they're a sinner and are so bad they need the anointing in their lives to allow them to start seeing so as we read that it was well, here's a whole new scripture to stand yeah. on when we're praying for that stuff. Well, that's part of the gifting of a teacher is to release the anointing as yeah. they teach. Yeah. If you watch teachers, many times teachers will say the same things that other people say, but when they teach, the gifting releases the flow of the anointing, and all of a sudden the anointing causes people to see things yeah. they didn't see like before. right now. Yeah, there you go. And that's what I'm saying. It That's the flow of the anointing. But the gifting, uh, giftings and anointings are not the same. Now, this this took me a while to figure out in some years. But a gifting is something that you're good at or something that you're gifted at, something mm-hmm. that God has blessed you with a, a special ability for you. The anointing is what might be flowing through that gift. Yeah. So, for example, 
uh, I might have a gift to teach. And that just means that I have the ability to allow mm-hmm. that anointing to flow, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's the anointing. And that's why it's kind of been confusing to people when you talk about the gifting or the anointing, because they work so closely together mm-hmm. and so much hand in hand. Uh, you want people that are gifted. You want people that are skilled, not just in the world, but you want them skilled in spiritual things as well. And they, but they can have an, a gift, a gifting to allow this to flow. Look at, look at this. I'll show you something. This is the Lord uh, turned to. Well, you, you don't have to. Let me just read this. Get back to Luke four, and and verse eighteen. I think what you're talking about, or what you just were talking about, I understood easiest when I thought of it in terms of singing. Like you can have a very gifted singer, but the anointing, the power that comes through singing is not just the skillful, artful, pretty sound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. In Isaiah 61, I'm going to try and read this in the King James. Hold on one second. It might be. Yeah. I think the I think it's different in there. One of the things that you see, and I, I want to point it out to you, I because the Lord actually talked to me about this at one point. He said uh, in Isaiah sixty one, Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He has anointed me to bring the good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim li- liberty to captives, and oh, I'm still in this. He has sent me uh, to preach good tidings to the meek, sent me to bind up broken heart, proclaim liberty to the captives, opening a prison to those that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and a day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Now, if you go into Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, it's a little bit different, and part of it is what Jesus uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to uh, uh, heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised. And so what we're seeing is he's, he's reading out of this same translation, but it's a, it's a tad different. And one of the things that you see is the sight to the blind. You see that Luke 4.18 is the sight to the blind. What's one of the major giftings that Jesus walked in? Healing. Healing, but specifically, he opened eyes. Yeah. Have you ever seen a minister? Have you ever seen a minister that flowed in a specific type of healing more than others? Mm-hmm. Maybe they opened deaf ears. Maybe they opened mm-hmm. you know, the eyes up that were blind, mm-hmm. right? What you'll see is that anointing is the same, but the gifting will release that anointing yeah. in that in different ways. Now, why the reason why I notice this difference is because basically all of those things are covered in Isaiah 61, mm-hmm. but he specifically says in Luke 4, he says, sight to the blind. Yeah. That was a gifting that he walked in. Now, the, cool. now, now, I know. And now the reason that I found it and why it was important to me, because I probably wouldn't have noticed that exactly, mm-hmm. but when I, God called me to preach, he called me to preach, and the scripture that he used for me to preach was Isaiah 61. And then one day, uh, I decided I wanted to put this in front of my eyes all the time, but I just went to what Jesus said in Luke 4, 18. 
And so I put Luke 4.18 up there, really thinking in my head, in my immaturity, it's the same. And it is in a general context. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he said, later on, the Lord pointed that out, and he said, this was a specific gifting that the Holy Spirit had Jesus speak in that temple in Luke 4.18. He said, I very specifically did not call you with Luke 4.18. I could have easily done that. I called you with Isaiah 61.1, which is a more all-encompassing, yeah. and, it, and it doesn't have that all the time. Yeah. It's not the same gifting in that way. There's a different gifting. Yeah. And so it's important for us to pay attention to the words that God says. Yeah. He knows those scriptures. <laughs> he knows which one. I shouldn't have put 4.18 in front of my eyes. The anointing for Brian was on Isaiah 61 1. That was the scripture that he used, and he used it on on purpose. And there's different giftings that we can speak into and different things. So the anointing and giftings are not the same, but the gifting is really a, a skill, a spiritual skill to flow and release that anointing yeah. in that area. Yeah. So you may have. Uh, uh, and that's part of the reason why you saw to open the eyes of the blind because you have a gifting to see into things. That's yeah. a gifting in your life, right? Mm-hmm. You'll have different giftings that the anointing, but the anointing is the same. The anointing's what manifests it, but it's the it's that gifting that can open up that flow. Yeah. But does that mean that we can be that we're supposed to be completely restricted by only what gifts we have? And that's why I'm not a big fan. I really, I used to do these, and I used to, I used to do this, but I think they're severely limiting, and I really don't like them. Is to do like a spiritual gifts test, because the issue is when you go over into First Corinthians twelve, it actually says that the Holy Spirit gives as He wills, and then He says, and you covet the best gifts, and in other words, I can covet all nine of those spiritual gifts. Yeah. I can covet all nine of those spiritual gifts. I'm not limited to one or another. Mm. I can covet them. And so I don't want to think, well, I'm really gifted at a word of knowledge, so I'm really gifted at that. And then I just shut down the rest right. of my life to only focus in the word of knowledge. Yeah. Well, what if I need a word of wisdom? What if I need the gift of healing or, yeah. or gift of faith? What if I need those things yeah. one day if I've limited my thinking? Because the anointing in me can do all of that. Yeah, I might be more skilled at one or the other, yeah. but I don't want to limit myself just to this. No, they're all available. We have this idea that you get one and you get one and I get one. That's not what it says. That's not the context of it at all. And so it's very important for us to understand the anointing on the inside of us can do all of that. It can do all of that. Now, we should move at the word of God and not assume things. So for example, I assumed Luke 4.18 would be fine. But the Lord corrected me and said, no, I didn't give you Luke 4.18. I gave you (laughs) Isaiah 61.1. I was like, okay. So I needed to go back Pay attention to that because apparently there's there might be a subtle difference that God knows about that I don't. Imagine yeah. that, right? And so that's why it's always good to pay attention to exactly what he says and build our relationship so that we can hear those things exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you say quite often when you're teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which one is the most important? The one that's most important mm-hmm. is whichever one you need right then in the yes. moment. Yeah. So it's not that pastor has a higher gifting than you have, than I have, than pastor has, or than buddy has. It's 
pastor has allowed the Lord to refine him more, but it's not that your gift is better well, than no, someone no. who's called. Well, no, the gift can be better and stronger. You, can be, you have people that are gifted, but I know what you're getting at is it's not that it can be limited. In other words, people yeah. are gifted at certain things, but if there's a moment that you need something, you have everything you need in yeah. Christ. And so don't just be, don't shy away from something because you're not gifted at it. Matter of fact, that's exactly what it says in 1 Corinthians 12, where it says, covet the best gifts. In other words, if you don't have the one that you need at that moment or the best one, covet it. Yeah. Right? So I'm, you know, I've longed for all of those gifts to operate in my life. I've coveted those gifts. I've gone after them. It's not one I've singled out, not one that's more special to me. I want them all. Yeah. Because they're all the best gifts when I need them, right? I want to grow in my ability with them all, and the anointing can do that. The anointing can gift me. Yeah. Now, the, now, that gifting can be higher. In other words, I may be more skilled and more gifted at something than somebody else is, but it, a lot of times it's because I believed in it. I right. believed that I could. I just read the Word and believed that I could be, and I coveted that and went after that. So, there, there can be, some people have the idea that we're all on the same spiritual level, like the idea of everything's level at the cross. That's true, but beyond the cross, it's not level. There are, there are levels. And that wasn't the heart of what no, I was No, no, I know, I know. There are, there are things, but those words, they, it, there are people that are more gifted than you are. There are people that are more gifted than I am. There are people that are less gifted than you are. There's people that's left, less gifted than I am. That's what we want to grow in. We want to grow in that skill. We want to ask the Lord for those giftings. And there's giftings I have in my life that I didn't have 10 years ago yeah. when we started the church. Um, matter of fact, I'm seeing one kind of unlock right now that I've never operated in. And, but I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, it's been stronger than I've ever seen it That's before. Cool. So there's giftings that are unlocking in that way and can if you'll covet them. Yeah. So, amen. Yeah, I think the heart— I just wanted that to no, be clear. No. What you, I know the heart of what you, where you were going. No, but. I super appreciate it because I never want to miscommunicate. I think the heart of it boiled down was don't despise the giftings that you're currently operating in right now just because you see other people operating in things that you desire right yes, then. Yeah. It's not lesser that— for right now, it's not God choosing to have you operate in something lesser. Like, that's where I yeah, missed yeah. it so much, is I would see people I admired and respected, like you and Pastor Nicole, and I just thought that I was essentially trash, which is wrong. Right, my and that's perception, incorrect, yeah. Because I was not yet operating in such things, so I assumed yeah. I only got a portion of God, whereas you got a bigger portion. That's not how he works. No, you got the same anointing I got. We just learn and we grow and we receive we receive more gifts and we grow the gifts that we have in that mm -hmm. way and that's our responsibility. Uh, Kevin asked this to be clear: which are which gifts are we allowed to covet? All of them in that way. Uh, now I would say be mindful and be be mindful of coveting the offices of so apostle, mm -hmm. prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Uh, be mindful of that because I don't ever see that. Maybe it's there in a way that I've not seen it, but I don't see that clearly in Scripture. But the giftings, you can. And so the giftings, you have all nine gifts of the Spirit. I think you could head into Romans 12 
uh, giftings where you have you know the gift of giving. I think you could head at the bottom of First Corinthians 12, around 28, I think it is, where you have uh, govern, governance. You have the oversight, overseeing. These are all giftings. These are the other spiritual gifts besides mm-hmm. the gifts of the Spirit. Administration. Um, administration, that's what I was looking for. I think that you could um, covet any of those gifts and ask the Lord for them. And specifically, I mean, there's things to do in the church that I was not gifted at, and I had to believe God to get gifted at it just so that we could function as a church. Yeah. You know, And, and that's the what generally happens is somebody, what, what generally happens, what most people wait to get gifted at something when there's a need. Yeah. What if we proactively coveted the best gifts before yeah. the need came up? Mm-hmm. Lord, let me get better at this. Yeah. You know, we most time we just we put it on the back burner until we actually absolutely positively need something. What if we just coveted to be the best? Yeah. All yeah. the time yeah. and said, "Lord, help me, teach me." You know, like mm-hmm. you know, and it talks about the student. The student will know more than the teacher. In other words, that's the anointing that will go to work and teach. Teach my hands for my fingers to war. You know, teach my hands to war. Um, It's a gifting in that way. So you can see even physical skills can be attained by seeking after the Lord and giftings in that way. Yeah. And and just to clarify, you said the giftings are different than the anointing. They work hand in hand. Yes. But there's there's a difference. Yes, Yeah. yeah. And that took me a while because I would I would almost use gifting and anointing interchangeably. But when I would, man, it would just cross my spirit. And I was like, something's not right here. And, and the more I got into it, the more I realized the gifting is literally a gift from God given to individuals. Those are gifts. Skills can be built. Uh, they can be about the same gifting. and sk- You can be gifted and therefore skilled. But you could be skilled without being necessarily gifted, like a special gift in that way. But everybody has special gifts in their life. Everybody is gifted at something. We had it in the old membership class. Everybody's a 10 at something. We want to find out what that is and apply that in the kingdom purposes. And But the anointing is what unlocks that gift. The anointing is what empowers that gift, right? Uh, The anointing may be what gives that gift. It's the anointing, the manifested blessing of God in that way. Um, The the anointing, really, I would say, I think the best way to say it is a gift is a skill at allowing the anointing to flow in that area, right? It allows that anointing to flow. That's what a gift basically is, is it's like a... It's like a, a bigger portal, a big, bigger doorway, and it's and you know if I'm gifted as teacher and I have the gift of a teacher and I and I have a door named teaching, it's like that door might be bigger for me, and that's mm-hmm. given by God yeah. to fit His purposes. Every joint supplying here's here's teaching, and I open that door, and there's a bigger flow of the anointing than somebody else may have. And I can believe to increase the size of that door. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have specifically believed to increase the working of miracles in the ministry, uh, to increase the gift of faith, to increase the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. I have specifically believed to increase that door, that portal for the anointing to flow through, 
And um, this, is, this is important. This is a part of me not just coveting the best gifts, but coveting that my gifting grows. Yeah. yeah. Right? Which is basically the same thing. I'm, I, there's, if, if I have a gift that's this big and there's another gift that's this big, Lord, I won't, you know, and this one's word of knowledge and this one's word of knowledge, like, let me be gifted like that. You know, that's coveting that bigger gift in that way. Every believer has the, this inheritance and should be believing in that way. So. Hannah was wondering, how do you know when you've received a gift? How do you know? You'll see manifestation of it in that way. I, you could, Because there's so many different gifts and there's so many different applications of those gifts, the best thing to do is get with somebody who's anointed to oversee your life. And let them, you know, let them help you walk through that, you know. So um, ask questions. Don't just, don't, don't assume. Yeah. That's when you get in trouble. And ask questions, don't assume, get confirmation of that. Especially with people that are, that are experienced in the spirit, uh, like 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, I would not, concerning spirituals, I would not have you ignorant, right? So, don't be a brand new gifted person coming in still with some stuff you don't know. And you might know a lot more than most of your neighbors, but you got somebody who's been walking in it for years. Get, you know, get confirmation from them for yeah. sure. Good question. Amen. All right, so now l- l- moving on. So Jesus obviously was the anointed one mm-hmm. and his anointing. But in Acts chapter 1, and verse 4 and 5, and then verse 8, he's, he shows there's a transfer, and this is the power. So you'll see people interchange words many times, gifting, anointing, yeah. power, uh, which power can mean authority, or it can mean uh, the dunamis power, right? Uh, dunamis power means it's literally physical power, physical power. Um, it's an explosive physical power that is uh, supernaturally based, yeah. right? It's spiritually based. And so this is what he's talking about. If you would uh, read verse 4 and 5 and then verse 8. It says, Gathering them together, he, Jesus, commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, You heard of from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. So here in Acts chapter 1, you see that when the Holy Spirit comes, of course that comes in Acts chapter 2, and it falls on all of them. It doesn't just fall on the 12 apostles. It falls on everybody. Yeah. Um, It falls on all 120 that were in that room. And you see a transfer of the anointing and power. So they had a touch of the anointing. They had a touch of the anointing by the Holy Spirit when he breathed on them receive you. He had resurrected from the grave. He goes to the upper room. He breathes on them, and he releases the Holy Spirit. He says, receive you the Holy Spirit. They basically take a drink of the Holy Spirit, and they're born again. And we know from reading the full context of the Word, in Acts chapter 2, they are baptized. And and he literally says, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That means, that word means 
You don't just receive a life-giving drink. You are completely immersed in the Holy Spirit who is carrying the anointing and the conductor of my anointing. Yeah. The Holy Ghost is the conductor of the anointing. That's why the devil comes against him because he doesn't want you having power. Right. He doesn't want you having anointing because if you get anointing, you're going to get free yeah. and bondages are going to break. Mm -hmm. So he didn't want you to have that. So he talks about the Holy Spirit badly yeah. and tries to get people to run from the Holy Ghost yeah. because he didn't want the anointing. We had a, a new lady here at church yesterday and um, afterwards somebody told me, uh, her friend said, said uh, when, when he was praying for me, man, my whole legs and knees went weak and they were shaking and, and they were like, yep. <laughs> now what is that? Yeah. That's the anointing. Yeah. That's the anointing doing, like I can't do that on my own. You know, I can't be like zap and you know, I don't have that physical power, yeah. but the Holy Ghost does. The flow of the Holy Ghost has that. We've had that testimony so many times. Mm -hmm. And even people just like, I've never felt God like that. You know, I've never felt God like that. So what you see is that this is the transfer from Christ. The Holy Spirit is, Jesus is the baptizer, but he baptizes us in the conductor of power, of yeah. anointing, and that's the Holy Spirit. So he takes you and he says, I'm going to completely overwhelm you with the Holy Ghost who is the conductor of my anointing and gives you the ability to be filled with his anointing, yeah. overflowing with his anointing. By, by, and then he says in Ephesians 5.18, be being filled with the Spirit. Yeah. So stay filled with the Spirit yeah. constantly. Every day, literally, we should be saying, Lord, baptize me fresh with the Holy Spirit today. I receive a fresh baptism of the Holy, excuse me, of the Holy Spirit and fire. I receive it fresh today. And so this is the transfer. Now, let's go on two chapters, two chapters, and let's read this, Acts, you can, you can read this, Acts 3, 1 through 3, and then Acts 3, 6 through 10. Acts 3, 1 through 3 says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. And then verse 6. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. So see, every time we see the word Christ, we should put in there the anointed one and his anointing. Yeah. The anointed one. And so Peter, and I just want to say, he says, I don't possess silver and gold. He, he's not saying I'm broke. Yeah. He, people assume, they, they jumped all these conclusions because they want to believe the worst because of the corruption of the flesh. He's just saying, I don't have it on me right now. Right. You know, I don't I don't have silver and gold on me right now. Yeah. You know, at this moment, have you ever gone out to the store and you didn't have cash on you? That's what he's saying. Yeah. Most of yeah. the time. Yeah, he says <laughs> he says I don't possess silver and gold. He's watch this, this statement, but what I do have. Yeah. There was a transfer back in Acts chapter 2. One mm -hmm. chapter ago. Yeah. And now I'm carrying something. Mm -hmm. But what I do have as a believer of God, but what I do have, mm -hmm. I give to you in the name 
of Jesus the anointed one and yeah. his anointing. Mm -hmm. In the name of the one who's anointed. Yeah. Walk. Yeah. And he released that anointing into that man. Verse 7. Verse 7 says, And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising yeah. God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the <laughs> temple to beg alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, now look at this. The end result of the anointing is this man is set free. Yeah. But the other part of this is yeah. all the people saw it. Yeah. And the other part of this was all the people came to wonder and amazement yeah. Yeah. at the goodness of God. Amen. This is how a society changes and actually sees this as an acceptable year of the Lord. Yeah. They're like, yeah. man, God is real. This is a good year. Like, maybe I should accept him. Yeah. This is how it changes, through the anointing. The anointing breaks yeah. the yoke, not only of the sickness and the bondage, but it breaks the yoke of doubt and unbelief yeah. inside of a person when it's manifested. Yeah. There, that anointing has a two-part thing, and not everybody will be affected by it. When you actually see the anointing released in, you know, in Acts chapter 2, some of the people received Christ and some of the people mocked. Yeah. Right, so it doesn't mean that the anointing. You, you're not just going to take the anointing with you, and everybody's going to receive Christ. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have biblical example for that. Mm -hmm. We have the word that says some people are just not going to receive Him. Yeah. And so don't be, get beat up over that. Mm -hmm. But the ones that will receive, oh, mm -hmm. they're waiting on yeah. it. Now, if you want to see a funny reaction, I think it's in the next chapter or a little bit further in Acts three. Is go read between uh, the conversation, the man who got healed and the Pharisees. <laughs> it's pretty humorous to me. Mm -hmm. and uh, read that. So now what we see is there was a transfer, and these guys were carrying it. Mm -hmm. They were carrying Well, that same anointing, notice, notice. So then Philip, who's white washing tables in Acts chapter 6, yeah. he's just a table washer. He becomes a deacon, and then, but he wasn't a deacon before that. Mm -hmm. He wasn't an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. He wasn't, he was just a believer. Yeah. yeah that became a deacon, mm -hmm. and the next thing you know, he becomes an evangelist, mm -hmm. and he's doing miracles and signs and wonders. What did he have? The anointing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had the same anointing that the apostles had, which yeah. was the same anointing that Jesus had, yeah. and so here's this guy who wasn't any of that to begin with, but now a believer took yeah. hold of the words of God yeah. and let the anointing flow through him and yeah. became the the first evangelist yeah. we've seen outside yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. yeah, Glory to God. All right, so now let's go to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 25 through 27. Before we hop there, can yeah. I say one thing real quick? I was just reading through this, and I don't expect you to have. You may have. Like my eyes started filling with tears, and I was seeking the Lord because I've read this story multiple times over. This isn't brand new to me. But I was moved reading it, and I asked the Lord why, and he was showing me, I believe, that what P 
people need is they need hope. And you have this man who has been in a hopeless position his entire life. Mm -hmm. He's completely hopeless. What Mm -hmm. did he need? He needed someone to bring him the anointing. He needed someone carrying it. And so for you watching, maybe you've partaken and you carry an anointing. Maybe you haven't, but you desire to grow. Those around you, they need the hope of God. And the hope of God is the anointing. Because in the anointing, like Buddy said, all things are possible for them who believe. There is no thing withheld from those who walk uprightly. So if you're carrying an anointing, it's not just for a Sunday morning experience. It's for you to walk into your grocery store. And when you're at the checkout clerk and their eyes are just heavy and you can tell that something's on them, you know, I have a supply and I can give it to you right now. You don't have to wait till Sunday. You can have it right now. That's what they did. And that's why this passage is so moving, because what was hopeless in a moment got restored by the anointing. Yes. And that same anointing is yours, is mine right now, today, to preach hope to the captives. Yes. Amen. And you see, even right here, you have the anointing can, uh, what we would say is the anointing comes on somebody. But it's not necessarily, uh, it's not necessarily, that's Old Testament terminology because they weren't able to be filled with the right. Holy Ghost like we are, t- like we are today. But Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, but you you don't see it the same. But the Holy Spirit would come on somebody, yeah. like with Elijah when he runs in front of the chariots, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And he he runs in front of the horses for I think it's sixteen miles mm-hmm. back to the city, yeah. at least that that long. Yeah, and he's running. You can't do that. No, that's a supernatural anointing that comes mm-hmm. on. As you're as you're ministering, that anointing comes on you in that way, and and you feel that anointing. You know when she speaks in that way, it's like, oh man, that's that's convicting me. That's giving me hope. That's drawing me up. Yeah. That's the anointing yeah. that happens when we're preaching. It should happen to a preacher on a regular basis. Where and it what it is for us is that flow is open, and God says, and here's what happens. I think a better way to look at it is you have that anointing in you. And then God says, here's the door that I want you to speak. And he opens that door and he lets his anointing flow through. Mm -hmm. But it's a gift in that moment, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And you'll have, it's like you'll have a burst of that here and then a burst of it here. And you follow that leading of the anointing. Amen. Amen. Marky did ask a question kind of along those lines a little bit. It She's, was Marky. Yeah, we're not going to answer that one. Okay. No, no. I'm kidding. But uh, she said. <laughs> She's right there. She said, so you, can you can you have uh, an anoint the anointing of a gift without the gift? Like, can you? Or can you have a gift without the anointing? That may have been. Because you were talking earlier about how people have giftings, but the anointing is different. Well, yeah, they're different. But. Do you, do you Ask wanna, it again so that I can understand it a little bit better. The, can you can you have the, a gift in operation but not have the anointing? Um, no. Nope, yeah, just, she, she's she's gonna. Yeah. Marky wants to know if someone can flow in the anointing. Yeah, of the gift but I think I think what happens is if they flow in the anointing of it, it's like they're gifted for a moment, like maybe not a lifetime gift in that way. That's ultimately how it would kind of work. She says, "How say what she said?" 
So that, because I, she said it off camera and I was answering her directly. I think I'm looking at Marky. She is right here. That you just asked, can someone flow in a gift without being anointed for that gift? Is that what you're meaning? Yeah. Can, can a gift be an operation through the anointing? Even though they don't but you have don't carry the gift, that gift. Yet. Yes. Yeah. Got yeah, it. I think... How many people does it yeah. take to interpret marketing? <laughs> it's a good question. It's a good question. But you have to understand that when you get to where you need, you will have what you need. Yeah. You will have what you need. If you need a gift temporarily, God will give you a gift temporarily. Yeah. Uh, you will have what you need when yeah. you get to that place of need. The, remember, the anointing breaks lack. Mm-hmm. So if I'm even lacking That's in really that area... Good then the anointing helps me break that lack, if, if at the very least just for a moment, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it will help me flow in that more. The funny thing about operating in the anointing is once you operate it in it once, you, you kind of become used to it, and it can grow in you. Yeah. And there's so in other words, if there's an anointing or a gifting that comes up inside of you, I've found that... Many times that gift will continue to grow. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that you have, like, God's gifting you for a lifetime to go do this type of ministry. And that's where people get into a jam. They, like, they, they relegate themselves into one ministry. They, they uh, limit themselves into one flow. When God's anointing can do all of them, like, stop limiting yourself. Stop yeah. thinking that you just have to be a deliverance minister. Stop yeah. thinking that you just have to be you know, uh, you know, operating in administration. No, you don't. You know, uh, Nicole would have been a person that would have never spoken in front of anybody, but she was, you know, she was so shy. But the Lord, as she yielded to the Lord, the Lord opened up ministry to her. And now she flows in that, you yeah. know. So there's, there are moments, I believe, where God can give you, basically open up that anointing to solve something. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that you're necessarily gifted to that. And I think what's important about that question is some people think that if I did this one time, I must be gifted in it, and then they make assumptions without walking in it. And that's where it's very important for people to, you know, get some insight uh, from some wise counselors and get some insight from some people that are anointed to oversee in your life. Because a lot of people, they just, they do something, they feel something, then they run with it, but it might not be backed by the word and you want to get insight on that. You know, well, I gave this word up, I gave this person a prophecy the other day, so I must be gifted in, in prophecy. No, that doesn't mean that at all. I wish that you all would profit. It might have just been the mercy of God that opened up a gift in you right at this moment. Yeah, and then everybody, every son and daughter, he's wanting all of us to prophesy. So it's it's one of those things, or I must be a prophet and in the office. So you have you have basically the gift and then you have the office and they are totally different. And just because somebody's operating in a gift doesn't mean that they're called into that office. Yeah. And they try to operate like that, and they get themselves in trouble and other people as well. So. Marky had also put in there, that may have just solved her question, but I'm not sure. Says, I think I'm also getting confused remembering that you can have a gift anointing of a fivefold office, but not the office, yes. which is yep. what you just said. Yep. Serena says, I have a question. Is it a necessity to anoint with oil? I know we regularly use oil, but I can see how it could become legalistic, like we can only be anointed to lay hands while using oil. Be led. Amen. <laughs> there's 
There's times where I use oil and times where I don't. The word specifically says in James 5, anoint uh, people with oil, uh, specifically uh, the sick, but it, it's talking about more than just people who are sick in that passage. And the, the, gift, the prayer of faith will heal them. But he says use oil. I think oil for a lot, there, there's a couple of things. Oil for a lot uh, rep- is a representation, so it's like almost like a point of contact where it helps me to receive or helps me to release my faith in that. Uh, so it can just be, for instance, uh, let's say that let's say that somebody has, you know, somebody has had the Lord tell them that when I send you out into this ministry. I'm going to have the preacher call you up. He won't know you. He'll have you kneel on one knee, and he's going to anoint you for this office and ministry. And then they go into a service, and they have this sense, they have this knowing of that or a word of that that the Lord's given them. And then they get into a service, and a minister calls them up, has them kneel on one knee and do that, which is not necessarily, that doesn't mean it's gifted. It just right. I'm just using that as an example. Um but if the Lord spoke that, then what would that be? That would be a confirmation to this person. Man, this is the Lord. This is what he told me. And what would his faith do? He would be, that would be a point of contact for him to open up faith to receive the gifting of that office. In, that. in other words, it connected something for the person personally and individually that helped them see this is God. Well, if somebody has a revelation of the oil, right? There's two things with the oil and the anointing in the oil. Um, if somebody had a revelation of oil, like I would say uh, Bishop Oyedepo has a revelation of oil, right? He has a revelation of the anointing oil. He believes in it. Um, then when you use oil, he doesn't just see that as like cooking oil. He doesn't right. see it as just oil in a bottle somewhere. He recognizes this is directed by God, this is commanded by God, and Lord, and, he, and it's a point of contact for that person to receive in that way. Um, this, and it represents the smearing of the oil or the fat. Remember, fatness was just oil, right? It's, that's where oil comes from, is from the fat in that way. So, or a part of oil, some, some oil. But what you'll see is that, that it's a representation of the anointing. And so people, that's a point of contact. The other thing, the other side of that, and why I like, I I carry oil with me. I have it on me right now. I carry it all the time is the anointing is transferable. So put, put that in the comments. The anointing is transferable. So you see like one of the greatest examples is where when Elisha died and he was buried in the cave, they threw the dead man, the young, he was not old, and he was young man. They threw his body in there. And when his body hit the bones of Elisha, the anointing popped life back yeah. into his body. And he came back to life and came out of, mm-hmm. out of the tomb. Yeah. Why? Because the anointing had so sat on Elisha that it had permeated his physical being and it had gotten in it. Yeah. And and that anointing is transferable, right? And so when like I carry that that oil and every time I preach, I'm believing for the anointing. That's why that's why another example of it is with the uh cloth that Paul carried. 
He'd carry handkerchiefs on his body. While he was preaching, that flow of the anointing would get in that handkerchief, and then they'd send those handkerchiefs, and people would be healed. What was actually being transferred? The anointing. Yeah. It was the anointing. So that anointing would be on that on that cloth. It is transferable. So one of the things that, I mean, every Sunday, every time I minister here, we put I put a handkerchief in my mm-hmm. pocket. And I carry it while I'm preaching under that anointing. If somebody asks, you know, there's somebody at a distance that wants that, we'll send them a handkerchief. It's been flowing under the anointing, you know, now some of those for years. I pull out that oil. That oil has an anointing in it, and uh, it's a transferable thing. And so there's two different parts of oil. So that's a good question, too. I think Ashley had maybe had a question or a comment. She, she gave a comment. She said, uh, was it Kenneth Hagin that said the gifts are like tools on a tool belt? We're supposed to be able to work in all of them as the spirit or the anointing uh, yes. leads. In front. Yeah, 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 that's right. But you notice there the gifts he gives. It says the Holy Spirit gives as he wills. But who's he going to will to? Who, do, who does God will to get good things to? Everyone. All of us. Well, he says the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro throughout the whole earth to see whose heart is pure towards him, who yeah. knows about these things and, and knows what knows how to draw on that, yeah. you see. And so he's looking for somebody yeah. that wants to be used. Mm-hmm. He's looking for somebody that will humble themselves to his ways. There's, there's a lot of people that won't be used, but they're not humble. He's mm-hmm. looking for someone whose heart is pure, that yeah. wants to be used yeah. and wants to do it God's way and mm-hmm. not just for their own reasons and for their own ways, yeah. which is a lot of people, and, and we have to check that all the time. Am I doing this because I really want to you know, be a part of the kingdom of God's growth, or am I doing it because I want my own kingdom grown? Yeah. And there's some deceptive pieces in that, so you want to check that. But when he finds that person, he's looking for that person. Yeah. And so it is. It's available. It is just like that, where it's like a tool belt tool belt on the person that's ready to be used by God because their heart is pure. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Uh, can I say yeah. one thing? You were talking about hungering for the gifts, coveting the gifts, yeah. things of that nature. I will say there is a danger that's involved with that that I fell into where I desired the gift so much I made it up. So it was, yeah. you know, Lord, I want to interpret tongues. I want to interpret tongues so bad. And instead of actually interpreting tongues, I would I would think I was, but it was my own logic. Like, so you can become yeah. so focused on desiring a gifting that that becomes what's Lord instead of just pursuing God while yes. desiring to be used by him. And it's yeah. slight, but it is a dangerous thing if you're not, if you're not completely submitted to the king yep. in that way. You I, mix the holy and the profane. You don't want to do that. And that's why you want to communicate with somebody that understands. Like if you would have asked questions during that period of time and asked questions on sure. that, I would have been able to help you and direct you. You wanna you wanna talk with people that are, uh, you know, that are gifted and experienced in that, and that have an anointing for oversight in your life, and that should be something that, and and a lot of that you will catch it, you'll catch it sitting under services, you'll catch it listening to messages like this, you'll become more skilled. A lot of it is caught, but yeah. there is where you need to go. Don't just assume things, and don't just. Ask, ask questions. Do you think this is right? You know, you can probably miss it. All yeah. of us can probably miss it at yeah. some point because we have a corrupted flesh. So don't be so so thinking that you're afraid to miss it or that you can't miss it. Yeah. It, it is it is possible. And yeah. 
And we don't want to be the people that are in that possibility telling people the wrong thing. And I can remember when that changed for you because I would see it flowing in you coming out of your head, right? Mm -hmm. It would be you thinking through. If If you're mentally thinking through that whole process, it's probably you, right? Uh, it will come, the anointing and the words of the Holy Spirit will come to your mind, but it won't be because you processed the words or thought about their situation. It'll be because the the Holy Spirit brings yeah. it to your mind. That's like uh, something I said yesterday to somebody. I didn't even remember what it was I said yeah. because I never processed it outside of just speaking the syllables that came to my mind in English I just spoke those things, but I didn't even remember I said it. I was like, what did I say? You know, and that's why, because I'm not flowing out of my logic. Yeah. I'm flowing out of the Spirit. Yeah. So it's good. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Let's read, let's read these scriptures, Colossians 1, 25 through 27, and then 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10. Uh, huh? Sorry. Okay. Uh, Colossians 1, 25 says, Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit. So he was given as a gift to that church, and a minister can be a gift to that church uh, for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the Word of God. That I might fully carry it out. That is the preaching, that is, the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generation, but has now been manifested to his saints. So he was called to preach a mystery and bring it out. Yeah. Well, how many people want to know what the mystery is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, to whom God willed to make known. In other words, this is the mystery. He's making it known right now, and it's finished in the rest of verse 27. The mystery that God longed to get out is that what is the riches of the glory of this mystery of the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, Hmm. the hope of glory. Yeah. Christ in the, the anointed one and his anointing in who? In you, in you, in you, and that anointing in you is the hope of the the glory is the blessing of God. It's all the goodness of God. The anointing in you through Christ is the hope of all of his goodness manifesting. Yeah. That's good. See, this is is the part that's been missed is... You have the anointing in you, and God has the desire to get that goodness and glory through you to the world. Mm-hmm. It's so important for all believers to realize this anointing is not just designed for the fivefold ministers. Yeah. This anointing is designed for every believer. And you have, he already says it, this is the mystery that Christ is in you. Mm-hmm. Christ is in you. Christ is in you. Yeah. Christ is in you. Yeah. The hope of glory. Mm-hmm. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Amen. Look at this, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this what? Treasure. This treasure. What? I wonder what treasure he's talking about. Anybody got a, got a question, got an idea? What treasure in earthen vessels, 
So that, here he's starting to describe it, the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. So he's starting to describe the treasure. It's a surpassing greatness of the power of God in, in where? These earthen vessels. How is that possible? But yet he does it. Yeah. And it's true. Mm-hmm. He's put an anointing inside of us. You know, this earthen vessel basically is the earth suit, the, the outer casing of the real spiritual man on the inside. And that spiritual man has such a capacity that it can hold the surpassing greatness of his power yeah. in every person that believes. That, again, it says it in Ephesians. And we now here's where it says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Yeah. What's the thing that keeps us? The anointing. Yeah. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Yeah. No, we're not destroyed. The weapon is destroyed. Yeah. Every weapon formed against me will not prosper, yeah. but is destroyed yeah. by the anointing. That anointing that's in earthen vessels. Watch this. Ten, always carrying about in the body, in our body, the die, in earthen vessels, the dying of Jesus, the price he paid, so that the life of Jesus also mm-hmm. may be manifested mm-hmm. in our body. Yeah. This is the anointing and yeah. the power. And it's not just in pastors, it's in you. If you're a believer in Christ and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it's in you. Yeah. You are anointed. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Did this answer some questions about the basics of the anointing today? I hope it has. Receive that right now. Father, we receive your anointing to break the yoke in our lives. Just say it with me. Say, Lord, I receive receive your anointing anointing to break the yoke. yoke. I have it in me now. now. And it is breaking breaking every trouble, every every sickness, every every disease. It's breaking every poverty. It's breaking every bondage. And today is a great day of the Lord in my life. Your anointing is manifesting now. I have it. I'm not waiting on it. I have it now. And it's manifesting now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Did you receive? Did you receive some? Did y'all receive it? Yes, sir. <laughs> what was it that you got out of it today? I I enjoyed, obviously, when the Lord brought that up, because I've never seen those two passages like that. I've read yeah. in Acts both of those places, but I've never seen it specifically that we can apply faith for the sight of others through the anointing, to be able yeah. to see the way that God, yeah. Christ wants us to. And I love always being able to dive in and distinguish between the giftings, the anointing, how does it flow? Yeah. It was phenomenal. Great. Well, foundation. and even, you know, you go back to Ephesians to give you a little a little nugget on that too, where he says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That's exactly there's another witness of mm-hmm. it and a confirmation of it where you can extend faith that the anointing will touch their lives to help them see. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, well, the, it like just the whole aspect of the anointing bringing that light, bringing that. Yeah. It, well, it just reminded me of First John two twenty. You know, yeah, you have yeah. the anointing from and the Holy you know, one, and yeah. you know. So yeah. it's just 
In the, in the original language, it says you have the unction. That word there, unction, literally means in the original Greek, anointing. Yeah. You have the anointing, yeah. and it causes us to see. Yeah. yeah. See, that's, that's the thing. People are out there. They're trying to logically piece everything together and study it all out in their earthly logic, yeah. and they'll just... If they'll just touch base with the anointing yeah. and let the anointing flow, yeah. it'll they'll know the things they need to know. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, hallelujah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, today, you know, we always give this broadcast to the world. We sow it into them for free. You don't have to pay a thing for it. But if you would like to sow today, you're welcome to go to giveww.org. You can give by Cash App, PayPal, Venmo. Uh, text to give, give one time, give on a regular basis, cryptocurrency, NFT, all that stuff. You can give there. What we want to do is we receive that to get the good news out, to teach people about his anointing, about his goodness, about his glory that he wants to get, that he's not holding stuff against them. He wants to get every good thing to them. And we're doing that every weekday. If you would like to partner with us, you can do that. And our job is to receive that, use it for those purposes, but also what you give when you partner, the word says there's a grace. Yeah. And I want you, I want to point you back to Philippians 4.13. That was talking about a group of people that partnered with Paul. Yeah. And he says before that, and my God shall supply all your needs according yeah. to his riches yeah. and glory through Christ. Through the anointing. Yeah. He's saying there's an anointing and a grace that is received by partners, yes. right? And when he goes on to say, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it's a continuation of that same thing. So through partnership, there is a release of the anointing. Yeah. And that, a lot of times people are not flowing in the anointing because they've not partnered yeah. with anybody. They, they're not reaching the levels that they should. There's a different level. Yeah. And so in that partnership, our job is to release that. So let us release that over your giving and over your partnership. Now, Lord, anybody who's giving anything on any level, no matter what it is, Father, as they have determined in their heart and purpose in their heart to be a cheerful and abounding giver, to sow to a good word, Lord, and sow into a good word, Father, release that anointing and grace on their life now in the name of Jesus. Father, let that anointing overflow, break yokes and break bondages now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It shall be so. We love you so much. We'll see you again tomorrow.